Jesus often used everyday things, didn't he? To talk to the people. You know, I am the bread of life. I am the light of the world. I am the way, the truth, and the life. Various things that he used. And one of the things he used is interpreted slightly differently in some versions of the Bible, where it says, I am the gate by which the sheep enter in. This is John chapter 10, if you want to read that particular portion there. Or, I am the door. I am the door. So that whatever people were doing, they could associate a part of their life with what Jesus had said. They could hang their thoughts on what he had said. Sometimes I think within our services, we use very clever highfalutin language, which doesn't always mean we can hang things on it. But I always believe that when you're leading worship, you need something that people can take away and say, yeah, I can hang my thoughts on, I am the door this morning. Now, the Old Testament has often been described as the book of closed doors. The Old Testament, that part of the Bible that begins with Genesis and ends with Malachi. And we all know how many, how many um, different books there are in the Old Testament, don't we? We do, don't we? We know how many books are in the Old Testament, don't we? Yes! I knew there'd be someone. 39. And if you can't remember, there's an easy way of remembering. If you take the word old, it's got three letters. And the word testament has got nine. So there you are. It helps you to remember how many books in the Old Testament. That is the time from the beginning of time up to the coming of Jesus. And you know how many books are in the New Testament, don't you? 27. Yes. Come on, you young people back here. 27. And that's easy to remember as well if you know your three or your nine times table. Because if you take the three of new and the nine of testament and multiply them, three nines are 27. You're not going to answer this one. How many altogether then? Yay! An answer came out. 66. 66 books. Different books. It's not just one book, the Bible. There are different books. And you can all go from Genesis to Revelation, can't you? You can say them in order, can't you? Have I done this here before? I might have done. Can you say the books of the Bible from Genesis to Revelation? All 66 books. Well, it goes something like this. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, and Numbers. Deuteronomy, Joshua, Judges, Ruth, and Samuel. Samuel, kings and kings, chronicles and chronicles. Ezra, Nehemiah, Esther, Job, Psalms, and Proverbs. Ecclesiastes, Song of Solomon, Isaiah, Jeremiah. Lamentations, Ezekiel, Daniel, Hosea, and Joel. Amos, Obadiah, Jonah, Micah, Nahum, Habakkuk, Zephaniah, Haggai, Zechariah, Malachi, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts, Romans, Corinthians, Corinthians, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, Thessalonians, Thessalonians, Timothy, Timothy, Titus, Philemon, Hebrews, James, Peter, Peter, John, 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 Jude, Revelation. There you go. <laughs> We always said, 
if you taught children to sing their subjects, sing, they would get it right. Our daughter was dreadful at learning. She said she couldn't settle down to learn. But give her a song. She only had to hear it once. She still does. Only has to hear it once. And she can sing it. Some of you may have recognized that too. It comes from a good old Sankey hymn, Down in the valley with my saviour I would go. But it's good to know your way around the Bible. So I set you a challenge. Learn the books of the Bible and say them from Genesis to Revelation. But the Old Testament, a book of closed doors. Listen to our first reading, please. I'm going to come up to the front and read it so that people can hear. Thank you. I hope you don't mind coming up in a minute. You're number three, I think, aren't you? No hurry. Number two. Number four. I'll get it right, I promise. (laughs) Maybe. Here's our first reading. Genesis chapter 3, verses 22 to 24. And the Lord God said, The man has now become like one of us, knowing good and evil. He must not be allowed to reach out his hand and take also from the tree of life and eat and live forever. So the Lord God banished him from the Garden of Eden to work the ground from which he had been taken. After he drove the man out, he placed on the east side of the Garden of Eden cherubim and a flaming sword flashing back and forth to guard the way to the Tree of Life. Mm. The time of what we call the fall when Adam and Eve had done things they shouldn't have done. And God makes them leave the Garden of Eden. Seems cruel. Seems unkind. But when you realise why God did it, it was the best thing he could have done. They'd taken from the tree of knowledge of good and evil, but there was still the tree of life. And if they'd taken of the tree of life, so we believe they would have lived forever in their sin. And that could not be God's plan for them. And so to guard the tree of life, God puts a door there. Well, it's not a door. It's a flaming sword. It won't come for a little while, my love, so don't worry. (laughs) It's a flaming sword that keeps Adam and Eve from going back into the garden. A closed door. Our second reading, please. Genesis chapter 7, verses 13 to 16. On that very day, Noah and his sons, Shem, Ham and Japheth, together together with his wife and the wives of his three sons, entered the ark. They had with them every wild animal according to its kind, all livestock according to their kinds, every creature that moves along the ground according to its kind, and every bird according to its kind, everything with wings, pairs of all creatures that have, that have the breath of life in them, came to Noah and entered the ark. The animals going in were male and female of every living thing, as God had commanded Noah. Then the Lord shut him in. So here we have the story of Noah with the ark. Everything is in. And what does it say at the end? Then God 
shut the door. God shut the door of the ark. Now Noah had been building this ark, we believe, for many, many years, maybe as much as 40, and he'd had a lot of ridicule in the time, we believe. And during that time, Noah didn't just build the ark. He talked to the people about God and tried to get them to change their ways. But in the end, as we're told in Scripture, only Noah and his wife and his three sons and their wives were the ones that went into the ark with the animals. But it was God who shut the door. So I have a mental picture here of the rain falling. And my word, we've needed some of that, haven't we? Just let me do an aside here. My dad told me the story of how back in the 1940s, there was a particular drought. May have been late 30s particular drought in our area in North Cornwall and the farmers were crying out for rain and so the church the local Methodist church was only held about 60 people when they were all packed in they came together to pray and one man turned up with an umbrella (laughs) now that's faith isn't it I'm not sure what happened dad couldn't remember what happened after that He turned up with his umbrella. But this rain, I can imagine it beginning to fall on Noah and the people thinking, oh, a bit rainy today, isn't it? And tomorrow, and the next day, and it goes on raining and it begins to flood. And I can almost imagine, I've got this mental picture of them hammering on the door of the ark, saying, let us in, we believe now. But Noah couldn't open it because scripture tells us that when God closes a door, No man can open it. Another closed door. And the final closed door from the Old Testament. Could we have the third reading, please? It's from Exodus 26. Set up the tabernacle according to the plan shown you on the mountain. Make a curtain of blue, purple and scarlet yarn and finely twisted linen with cherubim woven into it by a skilled worker. Hang it with gold hooks on four posts of acacia wood overlaid with gold and standing on four silver bases. Hang the curtain from the clasp and place the Ark of the Covenant law behind the curtain. The curtain will separate the holy place from the most holy place. Thank you. The curtain became a door to the Jews. The tabernacle was built, it was like a massive tent. And some of our family have been camping this weekend with this lovely weather. But this massive tent that they used to put up. And There was a sacred part where only the Jews were allowed to go. And then there was one part which only the priest of the day was allowed to go. And that was once a year behind the curtain because that's where God lived. And God would meet with the priest there. And the priest would then come out and tell the people. So God was cut off from his people. There was a curtain 
right across between the people and God. It was a barrier. And there was no way the people could get through to God except through the priest. Closed doors. First of all, the Garden of Eden shut off. Then the ark door shut. And then the people themselves, not able to have access to God, they believed because of this curtain that hung across the Holy of Holies. So the Old Testament, a book of closed doors. We move into the New Testament and we find this time the book of open doors. And that's what Jesus did when he came. He opened the door. And there's a wonderful scripture which tells us, it gives us a picture of how Jesus opened the way back to God. And Sean is going to come and read it to us now. Can you see over the top? Just about. <laughs> I'll tell you what, I'll take it off and hold it. Or you hold it then, if you like. You can pretend you're on X Factor or something. And when Jesus had cried out again in a loud voice, he gave up his spirit, and at that moment, the curtain of the temple was torn into two from top to bottom. Wonderful. Thank you very much. <clears throat> Jesus on the cross, <clears throat> having spoken his last words, it says he gave a loud cry. And at that very moment, that curtain which separated people from God was torn in two. The door was opened. The way back to God for everyone, not just the priests, was open. And it was in that sense that Jesus used the expression, I am the door, or I am the gate. In John chapter 10, he talks about being the gate of the sheepfold. And the shepherd in those days would lie across the doorway. And nobody could get in or out except with the shepherd's permission. And that's an illustration, really, of what Jesus meant by being the door. He was the way to God. Now we live in an age when, and perhaps it's always been the same, I don't know because I haven't, despite the way I look, I haven't lived in every age, but we do live in an age when we are basically told that all religions are basically the same. They're all climbing the same mountain and they all worship the same God. I can't say about the God. So I don't know what their God does and how they believe. But what I can say is that there is only one way to the God of the universe. And that is through Jesus. You can climb the mountain by whatever path you like. But you will have to come in order to get to God himself. You have to come to the door that is Jesus. And Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except by me. There is no other way. Don't let us be fooled. Don't let us be distracted. Jesus is the way. He is the door. 
And that door is open. Some of you may well be familiar with the old song, Whosoever heareth, shout, shout the sound. Spread the blessed tidings all the world around. Well, there is a verse that says, and I think I might have to look to remind myself how it starts. It begins, Whosoever heareth need not delay. Now the door is open. Enter while you may. Jesus is the true and only living way. Whosoever will may come. And that's a challenge to all of us this morning, isn't it? Whether we've accepted that Jesus, what Jesus has done and whether we believe that he is the door by which we come to God. We don't pray to the saints. We don't pray to Mary. We pray through the Holy Spirit, through what Jesus has done on the cross on Calvary. He is the only way to God. So the door is open. We'll move on in a moment to see what that means for us. We're going to sing a chorus now, which reminds us that uh, <clears throat> if we knock, it will be open. Some of you may know it anyway. Do we know this? Anybody know this one? Oh, please. Thank you, David. <clears throat> David, Pauline and I are going to sing a trio. <clears throat> we'll sing it through twice. It goes like this. You don't know it? Oh, it's just you and me then, David. Okay. It could be just you if I forget the tune. <laughs> well, we'll move on to the next part of the service. <laughs> ask, 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 and it shall be given you. Seek, 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 and you will find. Knock, 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 it will be opened unto you. If I started too high, David. No. You know, I was at a church called Upsumborn in the Winchester circuit many years ago. And in this church, there used to be an elderly couple. And the wife was always the one who pitched the tunes. Because they didn't have an organist or a pianist. She always started the tune off. She pitched it. And this man would... Even in the middle of a sermon, if he thought the fire was going out, he would come up to the front and riddle the tortoise stove that was at the front of the church. But on this one occasion, I was preaching there, and it was left to me to poach the tunes because mother wasn't there. And he was heard to, re to say quite loudly as we were growling through the first hymn, hmm, wish mother were here. <laughs> so in a sense... I wish mother were here now so that I can push this tune at the right level. Ask, 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 and it shall be given you. Seek, 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 and you will find. Knock, 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 it will be opened unto you. Your heavenly Father is so kind. He knows what is best for his children. In body, soul, and mind. So ask, ask, ask. Knock, knock, knock. Seek, and you will find. Is that the tune you knew, David? It's probably about 40 years since I've sung it. So. <laughs> but yes, it's the tune. We'll sing it once more. 
Ask, 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 and it shall be given you. Seek, 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 and you will find. Knock, 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 it will be opened unto you. Your heavenly Father is so kind. He knows what is best for his children in body, soul, and mind. So ask, 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 knock, 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 seek, and you will find. You've learned something as well this morning, haven't you? (laughs) I'll ask you to sing it after lunch to see if you can remember. When I was uh, your ages, and your age, I guess, probably, I lived in a small hamlet in North Cornwall called Trewassa. A star didn't hang over where I was born, because I was actually born in that village, but it is pretty close to the centre of the universe, if you want to find out where Trewassa is. It's right on the edge of Bodmin Moor in Cornwall. And we used to have in that village a horse called Topsy. Now, Topsy was quite well known because he was quite a fierce animal. The only one who could get anywhere near him was the farmer himself. And on our shortcut to walk to school, and I had to walk some two miles in those days, and we used to go across fields because otherwise it was two and a half miles. We'd go across the fields, and if Topsy was in the field... We always walked along the top of the hedges because we wouldn't dare to walk through the field with Topsy in it. He would still come running up to the hedge and frighten us, but we'd usually get through. But on this one occasion, Topsy was attached to the cart with the farmer and was approaching a gate. Topsy didn't wait for the gate to be opened. Topsy took off, leapt the gate and had the trailing apparatus behind him with the rest of the cart left in the field with the farmer. And Topsy came racing down through our village. I was outside playing. Safe village, we were only about, or village hamlet, we were only about a dozen houses altogether. But I could hear Topsy coming, and so could my mother. And my mother came out and said, come inside, quick. And she made sure, she dragged me in. Just as Topsy went whizzing by, we slammed the door shut. We were safe. We were inside the door. We were safe. Topsy was eventually caught because it was a dead end where he was going. And he couldn't leap the next gate, it was too high. But the security you feel when you're safe inside a door. I don't know if you ever... If you've ever been caravanning ever, or ever been in a tent and it's been pouring with rain and you're in bed and you're asleep and I can remember my son-in-law or our son-in-law <laughs> saying he loved the sound of the rain when he was in bed. He used to take our caravan to go on holiday and he loved the sound of the rain. He felt so safe and so secure. An old crofter in Scotland lay dying. And as he was dying, he said to his wife, and I might have told this story before, forgive me if I have, 
I might have said this before as well, because I said to my mum on one occasion, Mum, you've told me that before. And she said, Boy, you can't get to my age without repeating yourself now and then. (laughs) The old man lay dying, and he said to his wife, Are all the children in? And she knew his mind was going back over the years when the children would be out running on the hills and he wasn't happy until they were all safely in. They'd all left home by this time and gone off to university and dreadful places like that. She said, yes, they're all in. He said, then shut the door. Then shut the door. Now I would say to you this morning, are all God's children in? Are they all in? Are they all here this morning from Cottenham? Then don't shut the door. All right, I know there was an open door for us. But let's be careful as churches that we do not shut the door on people. A black man in the south of America, of the United States, had tried for many weeks to go to a local church which was all white in those days. Only white people went. And each time he was turned away and told that he wasn't allowed to go in. He prayed to God earnestly, what can I do? God said, don't worry my son. I've been trying to get into that church for years as well. We have to be careful, don't we? That we don't close the door until all God's children are in. There is an open door. Now the door is open, and if you've never entered, as the hymn writer says, enter while you may. So we've got the closed door, the open door, and the security of a door. We're going to sing, and we'll take the offering during this, if we may. I guess you still take an offering, do you? Yes. You still want your money? Yeah. Okay. How deep the Father's love for us. Really summarize and to talk about where you are and where we are as far as the door of our lives is concerned. Have we allowed Jesus to come into our lives? There is a famous painting, and I'm wondering if John can put it up. Hoping he can. Yes, you may well know it. It's called The Light of the World by um, Holman Hunt. Thank you. Holman Hunt's painting, The Light of the World. And people were praising Holman Hunt about this painting and saying, yes, it's a wonderful painting. It shows Jesus standing outside a door with the lamp in his hand. Wonderful painting. And people were very impressed. But some said, Mr. Hunt, you've made a mistake. Can you see what the problem with the painting is? I don't know if you can see it clearly enough, really, I guess. Well, thank you. You know the story. There's no handle. There's no doorknob. It's a little bit like 10 Downing Street. If you want to get into 10 Downing Street, you've got to knock the door. You can't get in. There's no handle on the outside where the Prime Minister lives. Holman Hunt said, but that's the whole point of the painting. You see... The handle is on the inside. The handle's on the inside. And Holman Hunt was trying to say, this is a picture of us. That's the door of our lives. 
And Jesus is not going to open the door. He's not going to force his way in. We have to be the ones that open the door to allow him in. I wonder if we might have our fifth reading, please. I think Lydia. And it's good to see you back from the wilds of university. Which one are you at? Durham. Lovely city. Revelation chapter 3, verses 7 to 8a. To the angel of the church in Philadelphia, write, These are the words of him who is holy and true, who holds the key of David. What he opens, no one can shut, and what he shuts, no one can open. I know your deeds. See, I have placed before you an open door that no one can shut. I know that you have little strength. Yet you have kept my word and have not denied my name. Thank you. And thank you to all our readers this morning. In his revelation, John declares that God says, See, I have given you an open door. The door is open. Enter while you may. But you still have to open the door of your life. You have to open yourself up. You have to expose yourself to God. And that's a fearful thing to do if it hadn't been for what Jesus did on Calvary. Open up your life. Open the door. Allow Jesus to come in. Because like number 10 Downing Street, like Holman Hunt's painting, the only one who can open the door to Jesus is you. Jesus will not force his way in. He'll knock, but he won't force his way in. Now, if you had to choose a vicar's name, you couldn't choose anything much better than the Reverend Leslie Jolly, could you? Well, the Reverend Leslie Jolly was a bard of the Cornish Gorseth. Yes, and we have things like that as well, Wales, thank you very much. He was a bard, and he wrote this. Most of us are going in and out of doors many times a day. What a mighty benefit it would be if we thought of Christ every time we did so. If every door reminded us of his own words, I am the door, we should be reminded of the wonderful way to God through him whenever a door opened, recalled to a sense of our security every time one shut behind us, And made aware of the peril of being outside the kingdom every time we confronted one that was closed to us. Jesus said, I am the door. He is the way. And if you've never done it before, will you open your life to him? Undo the door from the inside and let him in.